Welcome to another episode of What's Up Welland. This one is seasonally appropriate because this is the season for shades, suntan lotion, and swimsuits. But before we get to splashing around in any of the bodies of water here in the city of Welland or outside of this this area, uh, we have to ask ourselves, what do we actually know about water safety? Here today to answer all those questions and those we may not have even considered asking is Nicole Pilot, Supervisor of Aquatics and Recreation Programs at the City of Welland. Join me and Nicole as we dive into a canal's worth of great information about all things water, all things water safety. So today I am sitting with Nicole Pilot, Supervisor of Aquatics and Recreation Programs for the City of Welland. Nicole, this is your first time on the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited. Thanks for having me, Paul. Um, This is the first time I do something like this, so I'm really excited to be able to kind of share my knowledge on water safety. So you already let the cat out of the bag. We're talking water safety. It is beautiful outside today. It's going to be beautiful for the next couple months. What should people know with regards to water safety through the spring and summer months? For sure. So water safety is an all year thing. It's a four season thing. Um, We need to be aware and knowledgeable on how to be safe, not only in the water, but also around the water uh, throughout all four seasons. But like you mentioned, it's a beautiful day outside. Hopefully we have a nice hot summer um, ahead of us. So concentrating more on right now, the spring um, and the summer seasons, Lots of things to keep in mind, Um, especially right now, the water is still very, very cold. Um, So maybe jumping in on a hot day might not be the best idea. Um, Not the safest location to go swimming right now. And why is that? So that deceptively cold water, Mm -hmm. why isn't that safe? For sure. So cold water creates shock in your body, um, which can prevent you from doing movements that you're usually able to do. So maybe you jump in, try to swim up to the surface to grab a breath, and you're maybe not able to because your body, your muscles just kind of stop working like they usually do. Wow. Well, I'm glad that someone right now is telling us this is what to be mindful of as the water looks great out there, but may not in fact be so great to dip more than a toe into. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So as far as, I mean, the city of Welland is a, is a canal city, we have a lot of water options. When and where should people be swimming? And I'm not talking necessarily swimming pools. I'm talking those public spaces that are outdoors. For sure. So the safest place to go swimming is in a, life, in a lifeguarded area. So beaches, pools, Unfortunately, we don't have any lifeguarded areas on the waterway other than events that we host on the waterway like regattas or open swims. But day to day, we don't have any lifeguarded areas on the waterway, which makes it less safe than, for example, your public pools. So we do have public pools in the city, and I encourage you guys to come visit them throughout the summer. Um, They're free to the public. So that would be the safest place to go swimming. But if that's not an option, um, or maybe you finished working and the pools are closed and you just need to cool off on one of those hot summer days, um, the safest places to go swimming in the canal would be um, at the flat water center. There are docks there with ladders for easy in and out access and also at the swimming docks. So that's at Lincoln Street docks. Um, Rotary Park. So those would be the safest places to swim if pools aren't an option. 
Is there a time of day that you would recommend people venture closer to the water, into the water? For sure. So when it's light outside. So that's not necessarily a time, obviously, because the sun sets and rises at different times throughout the seasons. Um, But staying out on the water when it's light out is definitely the safest time to go swimming. So with regards to someone's put a bathing suit on, they're heading out the door to go to the water. Is there anything else around that? I mean, you talk time of day, you've talked the wares in the city. Is there anything else that they should pay a little mind to before we talk some of the other best practices around water safety? Always. Weather is a big, big thing. If you're stepping outside ready to go for a swim and the clouds are looking a little gray, um, maybe not the best time to go swimming, right? We want to avoid lightning, thunder, heavy rain, things like that. Um, And we want to avoid as well uh, maybe high winds, especially in open water that can change the direction of the current or add current to something that doesn't usually have current. Um, and to somebody who maybe isn't a strong swimmer or even to start strong swimmers, current can be a very scary thing. Can you explain that a bit more? So if let's say someone is a strong swimmer, yep. but they've found themselves in a situation where current is unexpectedly stronger, that wind has made it stronger. What does that feel like? What What can they expect in that moment to experience? For sure. Um, So luckily in the Welland Recreational Canal, we don't have current, which is great. Uh, Unlike beaches or things that have tides, we don't have any tides, we don't have any currents. But that being said, when the wind does pick up, we do experience and you see it with your own eyes, kind of, it looks like current through the canal. Um, It feels like you're swimming and you're trying really hard, but you're not going anywhere. And it's very frustrating. Um, And it can be very scary. So to let yourself, and this sounds very cliche, I guess we'll say, but don't fight the current. You need to let it kind of take you. And current naturally goes to um, the sides or the banks. So if you just swim parallel, not against the current, it'll bring you to hopefully somewhere a little bit safer. It's probably easier said than not, but dial down the panic. Go with it to a degree until you are, well, as you said, closer to shore, closer to... yeah. So self-safety mm-hmm. is is a big component with mm-hmm. swimming because you're swimming essentially, well, you, you are an individual going swimming for people to take care of themselves, whether they're in a group or not. What are those practices around self-safety that people should, could, must be doing to keep their their water activities on as safe a side as possible. For sure. So a big thing that we teach young kids when they take our swimming lessons is to swim with a buddy. And we hope that these kids take this and follow it throughout their whole adult life is to never swim alone, always swim with a buddy. And that buddy can look like many different people. It can be a friend. It can be mom and dad. It can be my cousin. A buddy can be a lifeguard. Um, but it's to never go swimming alone. Um, so say even somebody who's going to train for a triathlon, maybe you don't have a buddy to swim with, but just letting somebody know that this is where I'm going. This is how long I should be expected to be gone. Um, if I'm not back within this time, send help, right? It's to make sure that you're not alone in the water. So, and I just want to clarify that last bit. So is the buddy in the water with you or is the buddy someone that they're not necessarily on site with you, but as you said, let a friend know when you may leave, when you may be back. Like what is that, I guess, quintessential definition of a buddy in this situation? So it depends on who you are. So children's buddies um, need to be parents who are within arm's reach. 
Um, if you've gone within or further than within arm's reach, you've gone too far. Um, drowning can take as little as 10 seconds to happen. And unlike you see in movies, it's silent um, and it's quick. So you don't hear people screaming on top of their lungs. They're very quiet. Usually their heads are submerged. Um, so you can't actually hear somebody who's drowning, which is not what you're used to seeing in movies and shows. So keeping that in mind um, and that it can be very, very quick. So for example, a buddy for a child is a parent or a guardian who should hopefully be over the age of 16 and who themselves know how to swim. Um, if you get a little bit older, maybe I'm in my preteens, early teens, I could, it could be a friend. My buddy could be a friend. Um, and just maybe letting mom and dad or a guardian know where you're going. So, hey, mom, going to the public pools, I'm bringing my friend with me. Um, and of course, public pools are always lifeguarded. So you've got that extra kind of security um, when you go to the public pools. And then as you get older, uh, maybe into your adult years, a buddy could be somebody who you're, you're just letting know where and how long you should be gone. So it really depends on who you are. So you mentioned about public pools and you mentioned that added layer of security. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is a, if, if this is a logical connection, <laughs> but I'm going to make it. Um, the security that people can wear that, well, personal flotation devices, life jackets, if that is an added or can be considered an added layer of security, I'm sure there are a host of rules, ideas, regulations around them that as comfortable as I am swimming, I'm probably not even aware of. PFD is the quick shortened version of it all, but beyond those, the the catchy, the letters, what should people know about those flotation devices and just how important they are, regardless of age, ability, any of it. For sure. So biggest thing is when in doubt, just wear a life jacket. If you're unfamiliar with the waters, you don't know how deep it is, you don't know if there's a current, you've never been swimming there before, wear a life jacket. If you're not super confident in your skills, your abilities, wear a life jacket. Life jackets are there to keep you safe and to keep you afloat. Um, There are some things you can do to be more safe while wearing a life jacket, um, like making sure it's approved by Transport Canada. Um, So life jackets actually have a little symbol on the inside. And if it's, we'll say like approved, a real life jacket, it'll have that little seal on it, which is really important, especially for infants and children, which is a fun fact. Bright colors, so life jackets. My favorite color is purple. I'd love a good purple life jacket but maybe not not the best color to have a life jacket in. Looking for red, yellow, orange, things that are highly visible in the water. Um, So say you fell off the boat, knocked your head, you're unconscious. What are you looking for? Yellow, orange, red, purple, blue, not as easy to see. Um, You're also looking to make sure that the life jacket fits properly. Um, So obviously there is that guide of weight on life jackets and how heavy, I guess, the life jacket can support. Um, but also making sure that it fits snugly and that it's not going over your chin or your ears. If you're pulling up on the life jacket by the shoulders and it's going over your ears and your chin, it's too big. So looking maybe to size down um, and wearing that strap on children's life jackets that go between the legs to aid that life jacket of staying down and not going up above their mouth um, and their nose. So with life jackets, and I know... I may have been guilty of it in the past as well. But I know that there are some people who the life jacket is near at hand, not necessarily on the person. 
if something like drowning can take as quick as or as short as 10 seconds, if the life jacket isn't on your person, is it, a, is it as effective as I have occasionally led myself to believe? So having it around is definitely better than not having anything at all. Because if I do see somebody in distress or somebody who looks like they need help, I'm able to toss them, we'll say a life jacket or anything that floats really to kind of help them catch their breath until maybe they're able to make it back to the boat or to somewhere where they're able to stand. Um, but wearing it is 100% the best way of utilizing that kind of safety, the protection, I guess we'll say. So I like that you said if that uh, a life jacket near at hand is something that can be thrown, is something that can be used. Dare I ask, are there life jacket replacements, pool noodles, anything that floats in some situations? I would not say they are just as good as a life jacket, but in some situations, is something that floats better than nothing that floats? 100%. Anything that floats is better than nothing to the point where a flip-flop might be better than nothing or an empty water bottle. Anything that floats that you might be able to toss to your friend who's in danger is better than nothing at all. Is there anything before we keep going on with how much there is to learn and know about spring and summer swimming. Is there anything else on that front of personal flotation devices that we should touch on? Um, not necessarily. I think it's important for everybody to know how important they are and to make themselves aware of when and where they should be using them. Even if you're a confident swimmer, that doesn't mean you'll never use a life jacket. So it's important maybe not only to have one for your own person, um, but to make sure you're educated on what a proper life jacket looks like so that you can pass on that knowledge to people who might not be as knowledgeable. So whether someone is confident, a new swimmer, the spectrum of swimmers, the spectrum of people stepping into the water, if they themselves are coming into an emergency situation, let's start on that level. What do people do when they are faced with something unexpected that is becoming precarious. For sure. So um, if you're experiencing or you're in a situation where there's an emergency or somebody who looks like they're in distress in the water, don't go in. Stay, stay dry, stay safe. Um, you're not a lifeguard. People aren't trained to save people in the water. Um, and people can act a little bit crazy when they're in distress in the water. Um, a lot of times you'll see other people pushing other people underwater to stay above water. So don't go in, stay safe. What you're going to do is you're going to call for help, whatever help looks like. That could be a 911 call if you have access to it. It could just be yelling and hoping that somebody's going to come by um, and then aid you or maybe be able to call 911. Um, that help or that calling for help can look like a lot of different things. So if, if people are calling 911, if that is the best way to provide aid, what needs to happen from the moment that last one is dialed until, well, through that entire call and conversation? What does that look like? What does that sound like? For sure. So you yourself staying calm is number one. Um, if you start kind of losing your cool a little bit, the person who is actually in distress, it's not going to help them in any way. So making sure you're staying calm, cool, and collected while that person is experiencing um, the distress in the water is key. Um, just being aware of your surroundings, where you are, 
who's around so that when you do call 911 or EMS, um, you have that information for them. It's really important when you are calling EMS to know what's going on, who you're with, where you are, who that person is. Um, are they breathing? Are they unconscious? Female, male, there's so many things to keep um, into consideration or that EMS might ask you when you do call them um, that you need to know. And I like to remind people of this, when you do call EMS, speak slowly and speak clearly. A lot easier said than done. Usually you're not calling 911 when you're all calm and stuff. So it's usually a pretty high stress situation, but trying to stay calm and speaking slowly um, will only help EMS get you help um, faster. And I always like to remind people to never hang up first. Always let them hang up before you do. Nicole, I think it's safe to say you have literally given us a raft of <laughs> swimming water safety information. I can't think of anything else I'd like to ask, but I'm going to open it up to you. Is there something that we touched on that we could expand on? Is there something that I should have asked but didn't that now's the opportunity to just let people know unequivocally before they hit the water this spring and summer? do this and stay on that side of caution and safety. For sure. So big thing is to learn to swim. If you know how to swim, the chances of you encountering um, maybe a situation where you might not want to be in is to learn to swim. Um, and I'm not saying you have to be an Olympic swimmer, but just being comfortable, not only in the water, but around the water. So many people um, will just not even be able to walk on the dock um, without feeling uneasy. And we're really trying to minimize that um, in the city and for anybody who comes to the city. So signing up for swimming lessons, preferably at a young age, but it's never too late to learn. Uh, we do offer adult swimming lessons at the city of Welland. So signing up for swimming lessons, becoming more comfortable, not only in the water, but outside of the water and around the water is super important as well. Um, and swimming lessons aren't only about learning your floats and your strokes. We also learn water safety. So what do you do if you fall in? What do you do if you see your friend is in danger? Uh, what do you do in cold water? How do you stay warm? Things like that. So learning to swim for me is, is top priority. So it's not just about the front crawl, not, not perfecting not, that front no, crawl. No, exactly. Not just the front crawl. You cover a lot of other things as well. Well, Nicole, thank you for bringing as much information about staying safe on the water as you did. And as you said at the start of this, water safety is a four-season conversation, is a four-season awareness. So let's open the door to, we're going to have you back and we're going to hear what a conversation about water safety in the fall and winter sounds like. And I can't wait for it. That's Thank awesome. you so much, Nicole. Thanks, Paul. I don't know about you, but it was refreshing to learn so much about water safety as this weather starts getting great and just calls for us to take a dip. Thank you again, Nicole, so much for bringing your knowledge and passion about all things water and how to enjoy it safely and responsibly over these spring and summer months. Whether it's how to wear a personal flotation device, the safe conditions, the safe places for going swimming, or should the emergency arise, what to do in, in such a situation. Uh, we are safer simply having you on the show, getting to, uh, to benefit from your knowledge, your experience. So thank you so much. As you said, water safety is a year-round conversation, is something to pay attention to as the seasons change. So certainly let's look forward to having you back on the show when this spring-summer span of enjoying the water starts to shift. And 
undoubtedly, there's a lot more to learn from you as uh, as we get to enjoy our water year-round. So, Nicole, thank you so much. If you are new to the show, check us out at engagewelland.ca slash podcast, and that's where you can find future episodes, past episodes, anything and everything, all things What's Up Welland. <laughs>